Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I am Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And together, Curtis and I are here Monday through Friday, every week, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we will be discussing it here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And tonight, we are recording for the first time this season an episode right here in Rupp Arena. After sort of a basketball game. I mean, it was a, a scrimmage, still game. Quick note, this episode is brought to you by Skyline Chili. We'll tell you more about their Lexington location in a bit. But, I mean, we've watched a basketball scrimmage tonight. Football was Saturday. So we're going to talk about them both on this podcast. We'll uh, start off with some football and then get into some basketball in a bit. Kyle, I think the thing that everybody's talking about right now, it's not a secret, is there a quarterback controversy? You went on a mini Twitter rant. I don't think it was very many. It was pretty maxi. <laughs> Tyrese? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Kentucky now is 12th in the AP poll. They are 6-1, and 4-1 and one in the SEC. They're tied for first place in the East. Because they beat Vanderbilt in what was an ugly game on a wind-whipped night in Lexington, because they survived that game, it in a way it renders or it may end up rendering the Missouri game irrelevant to an extent because now if Florida beats Georgia I'm sorry the other way around if Georgia beats Florida so so right now there's a three-way tie Georgia Florida Kentucky Kentucky's already beaten Florida head to head if Georgia gives Florida a second loss Kentucky could lose the Missouri game giving it its second loss and then would still control its own destiny with a chance to beat Georgia at home to create a new three-way tie for first place, but they would have all the tiebreakers, yep. head-to-heads against Florida and Georgia. So the bottom line is, like, by finding any way to beat Vanderbilt, they will be in the SEC East race when Georgia comes to, da- to town, and that is in the month of November. In the month yeah. of November, Kentucky will be in the SEC East title race. Six and one starts have been very few and far, far between in Kentucky mm-hmm. football history. That's a quick thing. It's Kentucky's bowl eligible. Yes, and no with five regular season games to go. Because it's not very important. That's not a goal of this season right. from the team or the fan base, and I don't think that it should have been. Yeah, because right. they have, you know, they've gone to two straight bowls. They're looking to achieve a little bit more this season. Yeah, but they did go six years without a bowl, and now they're about to go to their third in a row. Um, they're in oh. the East uh, race. They're knocking on the door of the top ten. Also guaranteed another non-losing season in the SEC. And a chance to have their first winning SEC record in what? Since like '84, I believe that's the year. Uh, I mean, all all this history goes either to '77 or '84. All the history that Kentucky is has a chance to make this season. Um, you know, they have six wins with five regular, regular season games to go. They, they twenty two times, twenty two times since 1984, they've had fewer than six wins for the year, and they have it just past the midway point. So there's a lot of positive. They have the now number two ranked defense in the country. They have the SEC's leading rusher. They have the SEC's leading tackle for loss man, Josh Allen, who once again had a huge monster game. But as you said, much of the the during the game and after the game and and day after the game discussion, at least in the social media talk radio realm, which mm-hmm. we understand only represents a Where? small sliver, maybe of the of the uh, the lunatic fringe to a, to an extent. But the conversation has been about the quarterbacks and and the idea that you know. They can't win, 
you know, big games, the Georgia game with Terry Wilson at quarterback after he threw for admittedly 18 yards in a win against Vanderbilt, a 14 to seven win. That was impressive that you win only throwing for 18, 18 yards. I love the because you have a great defense and a great running game. Someone did point this out though, um, from an assi- um, efficiency standpoint, a third of Terry Wilson's completions were touchdowns. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he did, that's the thing. He threw for a touchdown in the red zone, and he ran for almost 100 yards again. That's something that I don't. I think people are missing. Like throwing they, out when they make, yes. the, make the, the argument. Like, yeah, they're not. Well, that's, but, yeah, well, what? 100-yard rushers, I mean, he's, he's, he's one of the most dangerous runners in the SEC, and he's sharing a backfield with Benny, and it makes, with some of the read option stuff they do, in misdirection, it means that the defense is accounting for someone other than Benny Snell, yeah. and it does open things up for him. Yeah, I think those those two feed off each other really, really well, and that's part of why the offense has had so much success running. And, you know, you should probably – the easiest way to kind of think of it, though, is like quarterback total yards. It's like Nick Fitzgerald. Sometimes he doesn't throw for much, but he'll run for a ton. And so you throw that all into one group, and that's how you kind of can look at a quarterback a little bit better, I think, because yeah. – Maybe Gunner Hoke. And here's the other thing that I just find kind of weird, and it happens with all backup quarterbacks, so this isn't a, a new theory that I've come up with, but the backup quarterback is always a better whatever the team needs. Right. In this instance, and, and, he's a better and, passer. And definitively, everyone knows this, from 14 passing attempts against Central Michigan and Murray State. That's in his entire college body of work. And people were like, well, then how can you say exactly he needs more? But you don't know. We don't know. We have no – we have a zero body of work against any SEC opponent. Zero. Zero point zero 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 gunner hook body of work against an SEC defense. And and he had a great touchdown drive in the first game. Some good passes. And I believe he had three or four straight three and outs in his next opportunities. And then played well again against Murray State in limited opportunities. But we have zero – evidence of what he can do against SEC and the coaching staff has a lot more information than we do because they've now seen him what two three years in practice I would guess that if they thought he was a better option with million dollar contracts on the line they wouldn't just stubbornly stick with Terry Wilson for no apparent reason Mm-hmm. That's my, you know, my theory. I do understand wanting more out of the passing game. I do understand wanting some balance. I think it's come to a head because of the just like the the startling number, 18, 18 passing yards in a game is is startling. I do take into account that it was windy and you don't want to take risks. People say, "Well, the other quarterback was playing it and he threw for more." He had one big play and mm-hmm. otherwise not a whole lot. His passes were getting battered down too, and he's at least more of a pa- like Passing is more of his thing. He's not like he doesn't he doesn't give them that option with his legs. Well, if you got Terry and, you, and it's windy as hell, yeah. and you've got a great running game, maybe just stick with mostly well, the running game. That's the thing that is kind of the ironic point about this whole situation is Kentucky's last game when they lost to Texas A and M. Everybody and was mad that they abandoned the running game, and now they <laughs> want some passing. And listen, I, I'm not. It's a back and forth, and you shouldn't. You should don't pick one or the other. You want a sum of each is the best yes. scenario. Despite Mike Leach saying balance is yes. a complete lie, but anyway, um, I, there's I, no I, question the coaching staff wants more out of the passing game. Yeah, well, they absolutely do. I mean, I know they do, uh, and I think they'll work on that. But I do believe that they have been looking at this a lot more closely than we have. They have a lot more information beyond just the games. They also know what the winning formula is. I mean, Mark Stoops' dream offense is run the hell out of the ball and play good mm-hmm. defense, and now he has a great defense, so that's even better. Like, burn the clock, run the ball, 
rest the defense and then let the re- defense come in and flip the field for you and give you easy opportunities. And they've been doing that. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, if they can't, what's the uh, what Stoops always say? Make them stop you or make them right. stop doing something. I mean, when you're running it like Benny Snell, and it was one of those deals where it's like, that's ah, third and four. Are they going to be able to do this again? And Benny Snell picks up another first down, and they go down and they score that well, touchdown. Well, I kept getting tweets today like, well, they're just going to step. People are just stacking the box, and they're going to – well, okay. He ran for 100, 169 yards. If there was no threat of the running, running of the passing game and that ruins your running game, how did Benny Snell run for 169 yeah. yards? What they run for 250 in that game? Yeah. Kentucky. I mean, it was a huge number. Yeah, they ran because they Terry had 89 or 90 or something like that. Total rushing was 280. So they almost had a 300 yard rushing game, and yeah, that's how you win. You play great defense and run the ball. If you outrush your opponent by one yard, according to Mark Stoops, you win. 80%, he loves that stat. I mean, and it's it's a fact. All right, we're going to get more into the actual game and probably spray some guys, get an injury update uh, coming up next. But first, I want to tell you guys about Skyline Chili. There's something about Skyline that makes you feel good. They are known for their cheese coney. That's a hot dog topped with their secret recipe, chilies, onions, mustard, and freshly shredded cheddar cheese. All, and they're famous for their three ways, which is spaghetti crowned with their signature chili, a mound of shredded cheese. Make it a four or five way by adding either beans, onions, or both. Being from northern Kentucky, every time I go visit my parents, I have to get some conies. But now I can do it in Lexington. Skyline Chili is a neighborhood place where you feel right at home. It's a great place to get a quick meal on the way home in the speedy drive through or stop in and connect with friends after the game. The servers at the Richmond Road Skyline are super friendly. That will make Skyline so special. Good food, great service, good people. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. It's feeling like a good day to make a trip to the Lexington Skyline over on Richmond Road across from Krispy Kreme. Feeling good. It's skyline time. Let me now tell you about Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend a concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or even look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. I want to start off with some game notes is the fact that Cash Daniel broke his hand. Did you see what he said afterwards? I did not. So he, he led the team in tackles. Yeah. They taped his hand up, and he was clearly like wincing throughout the game, if you could see on the broadcast. He comes out to post-game interviews, and that's the first question about his injury, because he has a cast on his hand. And they're like, uh, what's, what's, what's going on with your hand? He goes, broke it. <laughs> <laughs> Fractured it, whatever you call it. And then they're like, uh, you, you're going to be okay for next week? I go, we'll club it up. I'll be fine. <laughs> like, All right. He, he was ready to go. He, he looked like he could have gone and played another, another football game after that. That's just the cash day uh, mentality. Yeah, I mean, he earned some, some toughness points. I don't think many people question his toughness, but led the team in tackles. Like I said, you could see he was hurting throughout um, forced that fumble, had two tackle for losses, 11 yeah. total tackles. He had another great game. He was really good. I Josh Allen with another strip sack to basically – He sealed it. Sealed the win again. Two sacks, another strip sack. He's got, uh, I think, 12 and a half 
I think 12 and a half tackles for loss. He leads the SEC second in sacks now with eight, I believe. Um, other note: Derek when, Beatty should have had another interception, I'll other than a bad. I'll get to that in a second, but I want to mention another sack stat: Boogie Watson uh, had a sack in the game, and that was his fourth consecutive game with the sack. So it's it's kind of both both of those. Yes, they found a they found a second. I mean, and that's what you thought you were losing with with Pascal going out. Well, no, Denzel Ware even. Oh, more. and Ware, yeah. I mean, so so really, two your top two guys who would be the complement. To Josh Allen, and then Boogie Watson stepped right in. And as you were noting before we started recording, you looked it up, had to look it up. He's a sophomore. Yeah. And he's a young guy playing really, really well. Yeah, it's really impressive what the defense as a whole now, the the, <laughs> the Derek Beatty call, I asked him about it after the game. He said, I didn't hold him. But I wasn't going to get into it with the ref. He had this smile yeah. on his face. I mean, I mean, it's very I, obvious. And we, you know, the Mark Stoops hot mic with the referee. Well, that was for a different. But call. it was on the ensuing Kentucky. It, Mark was definitely still mad about that. Yeah. Because in the very next possession for Kentucky, they they call that ticky tack uh, defensive holding on Beatty, which I mean, everyone on the internet, Kentucky or not was saying was ridiculous. My kind of gauge on this is the fact that I saw Louisville fans that yeah. I follow on social yes. media say that was a bad call. Yeah, right. I mean, it was just objectively a bad call. The ensuing possession, uh, Terry Wilson has a run down in the red zone, I think. And no, it was on the other side of the field. Okay. But he got he got his helmet turned around basically on a face mask, no call, and then... I'll set the scene. Yes. So You, 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 have, you have a better perspective on this. <laughs> so... The officials were out there, and I don't know how the mic got turned on. Um, what is it? The heads, the headlinesman. I forget what the the guy, the white hat. They have so many different names on football field. Anyway, the mic ref is Mike comes on, and he's sitting there, and I, I can hear come on, and then all of a sudden another ref approaches that one, and we can hear this all in the press box, and he goes, he wants to talk to you, <laughs> and he's <laughs> meaning Mark Stoops, and in my mind, I'm like, please leave the mic on when you go talk to Mark Stoops. So he st- he starts to walk over there, and it was at one point it was like, "Hey Mickey, you can't take care of him" or something like that. And so he goes, "No." So the head official goes over to Mark Stoops, and he goes, "Mark's is just I'm sure I can just picture his face. It was probably beat red." And he goes, "That was a face mask." He turned his whole head around, <laughs> and there was an expletive in there. Bleeping head around, I believe. <laughs> yes, yeah. that is that is the way I understood it. Yeah. It was just a hilarious moment where you kind of see behind the veil of what the interactions is, and I mean, but I mean, Mark that was, Stoops wasn't wrong. No, he wasn't wrong. Uh, I, I was impressed that he got his composure back because sometimes he doesn't, uh, or in the past he hasn't. I think he's gotten better about that. Uh, but also, I mean, that they had a. a Unbe- another unbelievable defensive performance. They gave up 17. They won a game that they've scored 14 points in. They mm-hmm. gave up seven points, what, fewer than 300 and yards. And off of and, a turnover. The seven points was off of yeah, a turnover. And they, should, you know, and they should have had another interception. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it should have been even um, even more impressive. So I, between that and then you, you talk about Benny Snell, who on the decisive game-winning drive carried the ball 10 times, I think for 72-ish yards, 70-something yards. On one drive, all it was just like they were going to climb on his back with not much else working in the wind and uh, in the passing game, and rode him all the way in for the touchdown. Um, so he got back into after a, a, a bye week where he lost the rushing lead in the league, got it mm-hmm. back. Almost 900 rushing yards now for him through seven games. Um, he's going, barring an injury, he's going to have a third consecutive thousand-yard season. Yeah, he said uh, after the game. When I asked him about you know his thought process going into that last drive, it says 
it was time to do what I do. It's time to do what we do best, and that's the Kentucky. What's what the Kentucky offensive mindset should be? They should run the ball. They should pick up first downs, and then they should get into the end zone. The other kind of topic that they're—I don't know if it's a controversy necessary. They missed another kick. And that's not good. I think what was it? Three for the last seven or yeah, something like that. It was a short one. I that one I take a little bit off the table, even though it was this very very short kick. I mean that wind was destroying kick. The right before it, the well, the, other, the, yeah. the Vanderbilt kicker missed badly as well from a short range, and it was clear the wind just caught it and blew it sideways. Yeah, yeah. There's no. But question. I mean the kicking game. Uh, you know, I, I sense that Mark Stoops the probably field goal kicking game. Yes, Max Duffy yes. is a baller. Yes, that is true. Uh, it, to me, it seems like Stoops is hoping he can ride it out till there are till only four games left and just play all four games with your yeah. your kicker and and have it, have him preserve his redshirt year. Maybe I do. My other question, and this hasn't been brought up, and I don't know the answer to this, but I mean, you have Austin McInnes, uh the kickoff specialist, as a scholarship kicker he must right not, now. He must. Yeah, I guess he I assume can't. he's he's uh, a yeah. he's all distance and not so much accuracy. Yeah, so but I mean, I don't know if you want to in a situation try where, somebody yeah, else. Yeah, give him someone else a shot if if something continues to happen. Um, so we'll, we're going to talk more about the football game. Anything we missed, a uh, little bit more going forward. Uh, but coming up next, we're going to break down some scrimmage basketball because it was a it was a fun night. Lots of scoring, some defense early, and it kind of got away. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Um, the other night after the football game, I was walking out of the Commonwealth Stadium. I mean, Kroger Field. Apologies, UK me- media relations people. Um, uh, and I was scrolling through Twitter, and I'm like, oh, LeBron's home home opener. I'm like, let me, let me click on my app here, Sling TV app, pull it up, boom. I'm watching that game, and all of a sudden, as soon as I open the game, what happens, Kyle? All of a sudden, there's a brawl. <laughs> Rajon Rondo decks a guy right there live on your on your iPhone. Right on my iPhone, and I got to watch that walking out of Kroger Field. I love the Sling TV app. Like I, it's so it's it's awesome. I I marvel. I'm like such a simpleton, yes. but every time I'm watching TV on my phone, live television, yes. I say to whoever's around me, like, "Can you believe that we can do this? It's crazy. That we can sit here in this bar and prop the phone up on a water glass and watch <laughs> watch my live cable, and I can like go in and record stuff for later. It's great. Yeah. So here's here's how to get Sling. Thirty dollars a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more. Stream on your big screener, like Kyle and I were just talking about, even your phone. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel any time, and as I always mention, you can upgrade and downgrade your channel packages to get more or less, depending on what you've been watching. Locked On listeners can get a free seven-day trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. It's a seven-day free trial, so you got nothing to lose. Sling.com slash locked on. What was your biggest takeaway from the blue white scrimmage, Kyle? Tyler Hero is a baller. As we as we suspected, we've come to, to really suspect here after the Bahamas. <laughs> he led them in, in scoring in the Bahamas. He led them in three point shooting in the Bahamas. And then tonight, playing against some pretty good competition on the other team, uh Tyler Hero had thirty four points, twelve of sixteen shooting, four of six from three, six of seven at the free throw line, his first miss in a Kentucky jersey. He was fifteen of fifteen at the line in the Bahamas, so he is now in gameish action. At Kentucky, he's 21 of 22 at the free throw line. Um, he had 34, five rebounds, four assists, and four steals. He's a lot more than just a shooter, but he is a hell of a shooter. Um, I would say that, 
Uh, I would say all ten scholarship players scored in double figures. Um, you had uh, Reed Travis with 27 and 13. That, that was surprising. I kind of lost track of him. It's crazy that he was that efficient early on. I feel like he kind of got back into uh, Bahamas mode just a little bit, trying to find his way to a Late in extent. the first half, he went off. In the second half, yeah. he was just, I mean, he was 13 of 17 from the field. He was grabbing offensive rebounds, dunking. He hit a three. Yes. I mean, that's the other thing. Let's see. I mean, most of the team hit a three, with the exception of the really, really big guys. Quickly hit a three. Keldon Johnson hit a three. Quade. P.J. Washington hit a three. Reed Travis hit a three. Jamal Baker hit a three. Ashton Hagens hit a three, not known as a shooter. And and Tyler Hero hit four of them. They As a team, when you combine both teams, total tonight, Kentucky hit 13 uh, three-pointers. I don't think outside – Shooting is going to be an issue. This yeah. is going to be one of. The, I think this is going to be one of the best shooting teams Calipari's had here, and they also have really good big men. I mean, well, and that's Nick the, Richards and EJ Montgomery were great. Well, and specifically with two of those big guys, and Reed Travis probably to a certain extent as well, where he's just such a wily old veteran. Um, but PJ Washington and EJ Montgomery are both uh, coming out of high school. EJ was known for his passing, and PJ was known for his passing as well. Last year, he didn't get to show a ton of that. With shooters around him, I think his production level and kind of impact on the game is going to be able to go up kind of exponentially because if he can get it out of the post, repost, get it back, or just hit a shooter, his assist numbers are going to go up and the team's going to be better overall. Yeah, I mean, you got um, so many options. Keldon Johnson had 20 points. Um, we said Reed had 27 and 13 EJ had 21 and 8, uh, you know, and that was another takeaway. I mean, Calipari said EJ told on himself tonight, mm-hmm. and, and because basically he had mentioned this after the, the on-campus uh, pro day, that he hadn't practiced like that, and then the scouts come around, and he was awesome. And then again, he hasn't practiced like that, and the lights come on here, and he was awesome. Uh, EJ was really good, a 6'10 McDonald's All-American, who we didn't see much of because he had the back injury after the first game in the Bahamas. Tonight was a, a big-time coming-out party for him. He hit a ton of jumpers, baseline jumpers, stretching out away from the basket, blocked some shots, uh, but, but was able to get his shot off and hit it smoothly over Nick Richardson. Uh, Nick Richards. I was uh, say, who's that guy? New guy. Well, we, we should call him Nick Richardson, <laughs> like the new like Nick Richards 2.0, but he was really good. Maybe I we mean, like call him Nicholas or something because yeah. he needs like a rebranding. I think the most I, imp- imp- He had 16, 16, and five blocks, Nick Richards. The blocks are what yeah. are kind of eye-opening. He struggled on defense to a certain extent last year, and everybody thought, you know, tall guy, he's going to block shots. Yeah. Didn't happen a ton, ton last year. If this is who he is, he, that's impressive. And he's their best hope of having sort of that game-changing rim protector. Twice he blocked Ashton Hagens at the rim and then stood over him after he fell down, uh, taunted him. That was that was entertaining. But that, you know, I asked Nick, is that in- indicative of the new you? Like that you have this different kind of confidence and air about you? And yeah, it, it is. I mean, that's that's a big change. He's a guy who's trying to free his mind, just play loose, have some fun. Um, I thought that was like not an insignificant thing. Quade Green had nine assists tonight. Had at seventeen and nine assists. He did some interesting things. Shot it a ton. Had the most shot attempts, nineteen. Didn't shoot it well from three, but uh, I think he's their best lob thrower. Yeah. Um, they finally started use like utilizing that that play a little bit more. I yeah. Mean, normally him, Calip- dro- him penetrating and and floating it up there, and those that, big guys going to get yeah, it. Yeah, that's normally a Calipari staple. But last season with Shea Gilgis Alexander, I don't I don't feel like they threw a ton ton of lobs. Obviously, they threw some, but if 
if what we saw tonight goes forward, then they're going to throw a lot more than they did last season. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple guys struggled. Manuel quickly was 4 of 16 shooting. Um, Ashton Hagens, he had 15 points and 6 assists. He struggled at shooting a little bit too. Uh, Hagens was 6 of 14. Um, it was interesting because Cal Perry said, Look, well, we know we got 10 guys who can play. Um, but some are going to start to separate and get more minutes. And he said he, he might start a game with five guys and then come out of halftime with three fresh ones. I think that's about right. I think he's going to end up with a, probably an eight-man. Like eight guys are going to get really good minutes. There's yeah. going to be a couple that are going to struggle. Um, and that may change. I mean, it may not always be the same eight. But I think, you know, on a given night, eight guys are probably going to get really solid minutes. And, and there's going to be a couple that fade to the background. And, and like I said, I think that, like – Players, I don't know, eight through ten is it's probably going to be an ongoing thing over the course of the season. Well, the hot hand. This isn't communism, right? I've Gal ought to think about using that. That's a <laughs> never heard that line. And I, he gave the same spiel that he's given before with a slightly new twist in the press conference. After this was the fact that he he was asking players to give up minutes. Normally, he just says, you know, the other guy. You know, for example, it would have been like. Uh, Hey, Demarcus Cousins, do you want to give Eloy Vargas your minutes or something like that? Was Eloy Vargas on that team? That's neither here nor there. But now it is. Hey, um, Tyler Hero, do you want to give Brad Calipari your minutes? Right. And then they say no, and that's now John Calipari's new joke. So be on the lookout for that because he's going to tell it again and again and again. Well, yes. One thing I would point out: PJ Washington had four points and zero uh, rebounds. In the first half, and Cal said, kind of looked like, you know, not very impressive in 20 minutes, 4.0 rebounds. And then he said, in the second half was when like all the work he's put in started to show. Yes. And so to that point, PJ had 19 uh, points and four rebounds in the second half, a couple steals. Um, made like we said, made a three pointer. Um, Ended up 10 of 14, so he, yeah, he started two for six and then went eight for eight in the second half. Yeah. Pretty and, good. And, and we'll wrap, Very with, aggressive. wrap with this, and we'll get into some more stuff, some kind of notes that we gathered after this game specifically. We talked to Tyler Hero about putting on the Rex Chapman jersey, and Kyle talked to a bunch of guys about the new G League contract stuff. So we'll, we'll get that in this week when we're on one of these podcasts and share that info with you. Um, but I thought the lineup they used in the second half with – P.J. Washington, Reed Travis, and Nick Richards was interesting because you're talking about playing eight guys. Those four big guys, from what we've seen so far, look like they should all play. Yes. But it's tough to kind of make that happen if one of them can't slide to the three for a little bit and give them all the minutes they deserve. That worked tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when when Cal switched up the lineups at halftime and decided to go veterans versus freshmen, which, by the way – for most of the second half, the veterans were just destroying the freshmen, partly mm-hmm. because they were mostly small guys and then just e- and EJ Montgomery. And, and that veteran team was very big. Um, to have PJ at the three, Reed at the four, and Nick at the five, and you asked Cal, like, are you going to actually use that? I think it was you. Yeah, it was uh, Are you going to use that? And he said, yes. I mean, yes, absolutely. And, and said he liked what PJ looked, how PJ looked in that. I mean, the fact that he can step out and make a three. He made a couple other jumpers. Um, he's clearly been working on that part of his game. I think his handles are a little better, so he can, if he gets the ball out on the wing, he can also attack from out there. Um, depending on your matchup, I mean, like if Kentucky gets up against a team, like a, like the small freshman team, 
and they want to just brutalize people, uh, I think they could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, P.J. Washington as a three is really intriguing, as long as he stays within himself. I mean, he can't try to do too much. Yes. But that's, to, to me, that I mean, other than just the sheer talent on this team, the most potentially devastating thing about Kentucky is they can play any way they want. Yeah, if they want to go really small, they well, can do that. Yeah, I mean, on, I mean, on the flip side, that freshman that freshman team was small, and then they, and then made, uh, you know, I think over the last ten minutes of the second half, they outscored the well, veteran team, and well, you know, and Tyler Hero kind of took over. That's the thing. I mean, now, granted, at the end of the scrimmage, that's just almost garbage time. No one was right. playing defense to a certain extent, but they can still score like a lineup like that. Not necessarily those five freshmen yes. playing together, but a small lineup or a big lineup. There's a ton of options. They can also really, if they want, really defend as a small lineup. Yeah. I mean, because if you could, you know, you could go with Hagens quickly and Keldon Johnson as your, as your one, two, and three, and those guys are all going to try to lock people up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think EJ's got an opportunity to, to be a good shot blocker. Um, he's got to get stronger and tougher, but there's just a lot of options at John Calipari's disposal. Again, 10 guys, 10 scholarship guys, they all scored at least a dozen points tonight. A bunch of them crashed the glass. Almost every guy on the team hit a three. Um, this is going to be a really interesting team to watch. Like, who starts the first game against Duke? Mm-hmm. He could. I mean, I, I thought I had a pretty good idea. I'm not sure I do anymore. I don't know how you – I mean, I know you can – but it, I think Calipari will really wrestle with like what to do with the two. Yes. Can you can you leave Tyler Hero scoring on the bench to start the game? I don't know. As I said, we'll talk a little bit more about what uh, John Calipari and some of the players had to say in post game in a couple podcasts later this week. Also, next we'll have the next podcast will feature what Mark Stoops had to say in his Monday press conference. So stay tuned for all that. Until then. Follow along on social media at Locked On UK and Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. Just search that and you'll find us there. Like that page. Eventually, we're going to be doing some live Facebooks. I keep teasing that. We haven't got everything set up, but we're going to do that eventually. So you're going to want to be locked on to that. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B U R C H. You can follow Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. Thanks to Skyline Chili. Go check out their. Richmond Road location or anyone any location that is close to you thanks so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky we'll talk to you soon